Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Slurds, welcome back to the Church to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is the 219th episode, I believe. Uh, this is the weekly overview. I'll be going over the, the, the books and the happenings and the news and the, the what have yous, all of the stuff that took place during the uh, week of the 5th. Yeah, I'm going to classify the 5th as that week, even though it starts in the Wednesday. That's my week starting on Wednesdays. That's how I am. So, uh, yeah, baby, let's uh, let's talk about stuff, huh? Lots to talk about this week. Uh, man, should we talk news? Let's talk news. Uh, before we get into the big old huge, major, obvious bummer news, let's uh, let's talk about an announcement that was essentially inevitable. It was just a matter of time. Uh, New York Comic Con is officially canceled. Uh, duh. I mean, I, why they didn't announce it sooner is way beyond me. But yeah, that's that's what's going on there, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, they're gonna do a digital thing like everyone else is trying to do. Uh, hopefully, it turns out better than San Diego's. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, well, fucking good for them for doing the right thing. Uh, let's, let's give them that at least, right? They're doing the right thing. Um, yeah, guys, not a whole lot of news to talk about this week, but the stuff that... <laughs> Alright, in case you haven't heard, DC is undergoing major, massive critical layoffs right now uh from my understanding between warner brothers and dc and they're speculating at&t as well because in case you're not aware at&t recently bought out warner brothers and dc and i think that's why the comic state is in the predicament it's in now is at&d at&t they're flexing their their muscle right now they're saying hey we have power and it looks like we're going to fail, so we're going to fucking take everything down with us. Including their employees now. They're stooping to a new level. Uh, as of right now, Jim Lee still has his job, but for how long, who knows. Uh, everyone else beneath him, though, pretty much fucking gone. Uh, not everyone, but a massive portion of people. Uh, the, the, the editor for DC Black Label, for one. Uh, if you're not aware, DC Black Label generates the most revenue for DC. Well, mostly because of their, their cover price being, you know, twice as high as normal cover price for the most part, on average. But nevertheless, they sell. And, you know, they're popular, they're good. Well, when the guy that is leading the charge of the biggest money-making thing gets cut... It doesn't look like the best interest of printing these comics is in mind. So what does it all mean? Well, I'm not going to go and play I told play the I told you so game because I'm not technically right yet. But what I have been saying is 
uh, this is D- DC is essentially trying to kick the legs out, and you know if they're gonna fail, they're gonna take everybody down with them. Now, with them doing this, uh, wh- fuck, who's who's gonna be in charge? Yes, other people are filling the positions, but I'm sure at a much lower salary, and you know, a quality control is probably not gonna be all the way what it was. I mean, as we know, it, DC from here on out will be a very different monster just because of the creative team that's now behind it all. It's almost entirely new. Um, actually, I think Jim Lee kind of got a promotion, if you will. I think the, uh, and once again, all speculation on my end, I think the only reason Jim Lee still has a job is because he knows that no matter how many, I mean, the the guy could burn a bag of kittens and everybody's still going to praise Jim Lee. Like, he's just got that type of swing in the comic book industry. It's hard not to love the guy. So if he's the face behind it all, (laughs) maybe they won't be so mad at us. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me pondering thinking like I shouldn't be doing but uh, I know there's a lot of people out there saying that you know that AT&T wants to sell rights to DC characters and stories over to Marvel and I think it's a bold move but you know at at the same time I I gotta think would they just would would AT&T be so cold as to just say well we own this shit and we're just not gonna make Batman shit anymore we're not going to make Batman comics anymore. Uh, that's... What? Like, uh, or we're not going to make Batman movies anymore. Come on. No, 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 no. Um, I think what they're going to do is say, Hey, Disney has a lot of money, bro. Or, I don't know, fucking Apple, Google. Places that have a lot of money. Who knows right now? You can't just jump to the fact and say, Hey, they're going to sell them to Marvel. A lot of other people have a fuck ton of money. Like, uh, Nicholas Cage could step in and be like, Ha, I've got like $32 billion and I want Batman. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a terrible Nicholas. <laughs> um, but I mean, who fucking knows? But... More than likely, yeah, if DC does go ahead and close their doors, they, I, I would say it would. It's a safe bet to say that they will be selling off. But to Marvel, I mean, we all want to see Marvel and DC do a crossover thing. But do we really want to just completely combine the two universes uh, all together now? Like that's, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I like that. But at the same time, who fucking knows, man? It creates division if, if, you know, if it's no longer the big two and we just say, fuck it, mainstream comics and indie comics, then fuck it. Why not? I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on this. I'm still digesting it all. It's all still pretty fresh to me as well. It's huge shit, though. It's huge shit. And honestly, I, I can't not say that, you know, I'm my sympathies go out to the employees because <laughs> this is a this is a shitty time right now to lose your job because of reasons unknown <laughs> oh man so i we're, we're gonna pull through this guys employees readers creators everybody we got this man we're gonna keep batman alive superman you too you could stick around too buddy uh <laughs> maybe even the flash and wonder woman shit <sighs> All right, guys. Well, that's the news. That's the news. Let that sink in, huh? Huh? Um, on more positive notes, there's books that if you picked up are already making you money, and that leads me into the speculation segment of the show. This is where I talk about books, you know, really for the, the uh, I guess, the sake of profiting or higher collectability, however you want to do it, but... Um, books that will probably gain value, or if not already have gained value since it was released due to whatever reason. Who fucking knows? I got a few books this week to talk about. The first one um, being Legends of the Dark Knights. This is the little one-shot. It's got some mini-stories in it, but throughout it, it introduces some shit. We get the first full appearance of what is said to be the Robin King. Um, and then we also get the first full appearance of the Darkest Knight. 
I do believe that this is a book that's going to reach Bat uh, Teen Titan 12 levels at some point in time. Right now, it's going for about 18 to 22 bucks on eBay. Uh, but it's just a matter of time before we, you know, we, we gotta make, we gotta learn who this Robin King is, we gotta learn what the Darkest Night's all about, but I'm, I'm, I'm sensing the same types of patterns here. Uh, I'm gonna say within the next, by the time Death Metal's over, the, the this book's about a $50 book, that's just my speculation. Um... Let's see, from the Sandman universe, we got a new character. Uh, the first appearance of a character named Ruin in Dreaming Waking Hours, number one. And there's also a 1 in 25 variant containing a cover appearance. So if you're into the cover appearances, that book's going for about 40 bucks right now. And, you know, I think on retail, most stores got rid of it for about 20 to 25 bucks, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, some, some meat on that bone, as they say. Uh, already. And then in Batman 96, we got a few first appearances, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, the first one being short, brief, but very much of first appearance. This is not a cameo. We've got Clown Hunter. Now, originally when we saw the, the, the pictures of him, kind of seemed like he'd be a bad guy. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that this guy's an anti-hero. Uh, he kills, um, but he, he his character design is really cool. It's just the, the, the steez and the style that, that James Tinian and Jorge Jimenez gave him tells me this character is destined for cool things, for sure. So don't sleep on the first appearance of Clown Hunter. And also... Um, they're introducing, and I'm not going to spoil anything quite yet, but uh, the, the, the first appearances of Mr. Freeze's supposed sons, uh, Ice Pop and Snow Cone. Mm -hmm. So that's cool shit, right? So yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really see this book gaining, gaining too much heat yet. Um, I think it's still just sitting right around maybe a buck or two above cover price, but we just got to see what Clown Hunter is all about, and the the I'll explain more later on in the podcast when I get on to the the Batman conversation, if you will, um, about why I believe uh, Ice Pop and Snow Cone could be uh, a flash in the pan like Reach. So I don't know. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. Um, before we do all of that, I am, uh, I, before we get into those overviews, <laughs> I was submitted an indie book, y'all. I was submitted an indie book. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm stoked, man. I'm, I love it when, when a creator reaches out based off of a recommendation of me, of me. So, <laughs> from uh, creator Jeffrey Haas, he brings me a book called, Oh Yeah, Baby Malik, Reigning Devil. My first impressions based off the title, Metal. Let's get into this. Uh, art by, we've got Juan Manuel Almiron and uh, colors by Chris McCauley. Um, a sweet cover by Edwin Rathalemu. I'm sorry, let's, let's try that again. Rathamoyo. I probably said that wrong. I apologize, but um, you're just going to have to find this book yourself to figure out how to pronounce it. And I'll tell you how to do that after I review this. But wait, Brian, you don't usually review books. You, you pride yourself on not having it. Well, you know what? When somebody asks me to specifically review their book, I will give them an honest review. And that's what's going on here. So, Malik, Reigning Devil, number one. Um, Alright, let's, let's first impressions here. First impressions based off the cover, dope. Love me a cool throne. Um, and, you know, the title's awesome. Title's awesome. Uh, Reigning Devil, sounds cool. Malik. Um, then after getting into this, it says previously on gunmetal black ops number one. Um, unfortunately as a new reader, I'm not totally sure what that means. I don't know if there's a whole bunch to this that I, you know, I should know about before I get into this book, 
but I'm given a little four panel what have you that actually kind of gives me a really good introduction of what I'm about to get into. Um, and essentially what this is, and I'm not going to, you know, do a spoiler review of this at any point. I'm just going to give, like I said, my professional criticisms and opinions and loves and praises and whatnot. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the story first. The, the story itself, uh, first impression, I was like, oh, okay, kind of Spanish. But it didn't take long for me to realize that, yes, there might be a slight Spawn influence, but still has its very, very unique um, take on, you know, essentially ruling hell. You kill the devil, you become the devil. You, you know, and that's, that's really the, uh, from what I gather, the, the, the theme of this book. And it's this guy that killed Lucifer, and now he's reigning in hell. Um, meanwhile, angels and shit are trying to to fuck that up for him and you know throughout this uh the story itself i actually i, I thought it was pretty cool i found myself uh, falling more and more into it as it went on the way it's told uh, so you know how, how jeffrey haas tells a story not just so much the outline or how good the premise is but his way of telling it um pretty cool man it, it feels really metal it feels like middle earth in a way without it being super thou thou shall thou blah blah type of situation um it's it's cool it's very relatable i dig it quite a bit quite a bit the, the jeffrey house could tell a story and that's that's important man like i said this is something that you know i would be borderline uh, picking up, you know, I'd probably pick it up because of the cover and the title initially, and then I'd open it up and I'd see the the art at a glance, and I'd go, "All right, cool, let's fucking do this." So, um, I, I yeah, I, I got halfway through and I realized, you know what, I like the way this is flowing, man. I really dig this. Um, you know, the, there were. Uh, were a few times where I had to remind myself of, you know, the the characters and, you know, exactly what the premise of the story is, and thank God that, that four panel, what have you, is there. Um, and then, like I said, important stuff. And it, it does well. The first issue, it's a solid 25, 26 pages, and uh, yeah, I, I think it, it ties together very nicely story-wise. Um, next up would be the art. The art is, <laughs> I love it, man. I really do. Uh, you could, you could almost see growth throughout the book, but it still starts out pretty strong. You know, it's very stylized in its way. It's got very thin lines, which I'm a fan of. Um, lots of very thin lines. And f I would say for the most part, very, very consistent in style. Um, especially as you go th um, more through the book. Um, there were a couple of points where there was like a, maybe a, a, like a brick wall where I feel like the, the, the bricks just, I don't know, I, I mean, this is seriously incredibly fucking nitpicky here, but as for, for as incredibly detailed and specific as 99% of this book is, there is just one panel where it just didn't fit because it was got a little cartoony in a way. Um, and that was only because, like I said, the bricks just felt weird. But other than that, I mean, that's, that's extremely nitpicky. The character designs, I have nothing to gripe about. These character designs are horrific and badass and hyper detailed and very very consistent and that's saying something because there's there's a lot going on with these characters without it being too much at the same time but when you, you know you make a character design look really really badass you want to keep that character but the challenge to that is continuing to draw that character and doing it consistently so uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff on the art. Like I said, I'd f fucking 9 out of 10 on the art for sure. Uh, I'd say 8 out of 10 on the, the, the story itself. The only thing that I had trouble with with this book, and once again, super nitpicky, incredibly easy fix, 
was the uh, the lettering, um, and it, it flowed nicely. I think there was only one point where I got mixed up, and that was because uh, I, I well, I guess one other little nitpicky thing I had was there are a couple of panels that were divided by a solid line. They just kind of flowed into each other a little bit. Um, and it, it got a little confusing a couple of times. So, I mean, easy fix, solid line down the middle, separate the panels. Could have just been a minor thing, you know, the editor missed. Not a big deal. Um, I guess the editor and the letterer, letterer is both Phoebe Xavier. So, cool. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 the my big thing with the letter, like I was saying, it wasn't necessarily the flow. It was the the font used. The font used... Th this is a dark metal-ass type of book. I wanted a metal-ass type of leather lettering. Uh, this this is kind of like a... I don't know, it's not Comic Sans. I'm going to go ahead and say that. But it, it's, it's more comical, let's put it that way. Like I said, I just need... Maybe sharper. Sharper font. That's all. That's all. Other than that, overall, I mean, this this book is fucking very readable for sure. I could see a bunch of people getting in on this. Um, it has, you know, the, a lot of stuff going on, but at the same time, a pretty straightforward storyline. Uh, it's this is this is good stuff. So thank you, Jeremy Haas, for submitting it. Now, I don't. I guess I don't really normally rate books because I don't always. Uh, review the books that get submitted to me, <laughs> admittedly, but this one's definitely worth a review, because I feel like it is going to find its audience for sure. Um, I don't know what kind of rating scale should I put this on, 10, 5? Um, Alright, if I had to say... Uh, on a scale of 1 to 5, I give it a 3.75. 3.75 how's that bam um and like i said it's just you know, tiny little things you know separate some panels uh change the font and i think we got ourselves a solid fucking book here guys solid um yeah jeffrey house thank you so much sir uh if if you're an indie creator yourself and you want to submit a book and you want to review um Cheers to comics podcast at gmail.com. Oh, there you go. Or you could send hate mail there too. That's it's always welcome. Uh, or fan mail. Fuck that. I'm supposed to call it fan mail. I keep forgetting. Uh yeah. Yeah. Let's let's head into the books. The books that came out on the fifth of August two thousand twenty. I'm gonna start out with talking about an indie book. Uh <laughs> so uh, you know, I definitely read some indie books this week, but only one indie book makes the actual overviews. I know it's going to be Reaver. Reaver number 10, Justin Jordan and Nico Henriken, along with a Becky Cloonan cover. So, uh, if you guys aren't following Reaver, uh, low-key, badass image book. It's Suicide Squad, kind of in a whole different time era, is how I look at it. Well, at least that's how the first arc was. The second arc takes two of the characters, kind of gives them their own little storyline. And lately it's been about Breaker and Ricola. Well, they just so happen to be my two favorite characters that came out of this this team, this book, this series. And fuck is it. It's been so goddamn good. So Breaker and Ricola, at this point, they arrive at the place they need to be to rescue the kids that have been captured and about to be, you know, enslaved, essentially. Well, um, not necessarily enslaved. Drained of their blood. <laughs> they're put in these torture devices, and they're like these mummy tombs with the spikes in them and shit, and they just kind of, like, squeeze out their blood like they're Play-Doh. It's disgusting. But that's what these these uh, cultists are using to to make what they call their doses and the doses allow them to really stand a chance against fighting someone like Essenbreaker or Ricala. Well, <laughs> Ricala and Essenbreaker they they do a little sneak attack thing and they catch they catch the motherfuckers before they could, you know, dose up 
and oh man oh man it, it is non-stop badass action until we do get a pause in action so i guess it does stop for a moment but it feels like non-stop and uh yeah we we realize no spoiler that there's a uh, a familiar character by the name of a Bryn that's been behind the abductions the whole time yeah we thought we trusted you Bryn. that's fucked up yo and that's oof man this is good shit this is good shit guys like i said fucking reaver reaver what was it number 10 so we'll probably have two more issues before we go on break again whoo whoo oh man one indie book this week but heavy shit heavy shit uh next up we've got batman batman number 97 james tunney in the fourth jorge jimenez and tome morao moray sorry tome moray moreau I don't know. It's probably Murray. Um, well, uh, we cut in to a futuristic version, or just as Gotham in the future. So I guess it would be a futuristic version of Gotham. Uh, it's not really any more futuristic other than time is advanced. And we get cut to Gotham. Now notice it's during the day. It's during the day. And, well, Batman's out. Batman's out chasing someone during the day. So at this point, you gotta think, well, shit's super fucked right now. Batman's never gonna get any sleep. It's so bad that he's out working during the day. And he's chasing Freezing Sons. <laughs> what does that all mean? Uh, well, so, it turns out, things have never been better in Gotham. Uh, this is the first time Batman's had to come out and fight crime in over a month and it was during the day and um you know mr freeze has these two kids now named ice pop and uh froyo what is it snow cone <laughs> and uh yeah yeah fucking uh, you'll never take me alive coppers and batman's like heat shit and they're like ah heat my only weakness and they go to they go to jelly poo and that's it, man. And Alfred's talking to him, and it's all good. And then you start remembering, wait, Alfred's dead. And then you start remembering, wait, Batman was tripping the last time we saw him. And then he wakes up, and he's got Harley's crazy ass staring at him. And she's kind of explaining things like, you've been out for four days. And he's like, what's that Frankenstein scar on your neck? And she's like, oh, yeah, that crazy bitch punch drunk fucking cut my, lick, my neck, but I'm cool. And she never says her name right, so I'm not going to say her name right. <laughs> she purposely just avoids the name uh, punchline. So, yeah, that's uh, fucking Batman wakes up, and then he starts tripping again. As soon as Harley says, like, look, uh, she hits you with some, some weird shit, this new Joker gas, and more than likely you were the guinea pig, and it seems to still be having an effect on you because, he yeah, he falls right back into tripping, yo. And, uh, yeah, he fucking flees, he takes off, and he ends up in this, this theater. And in this theater, it's the same theater that, you know, he, his parents were leaving, you know, to go down Crime Alley to, to, to die. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's in there, and he's tripping balls, and when he gets in there, it's a packed house. But ain't a live body in there. It's all a bunch of dead people. And then the screen pops open, and it's Joker going, oh, yeah, no, these are all of the people that I've ever killed since I've known you. Uh, my, my crew's, my posse's been digging shit up, and yeah, because as we all know, Joker has all of the money now, and he controls everything because he has all the money, and the media, and he's got all the gangs under his belt now, because why wouldn't you work for the jerk Joker at this point, no matter who you are? So yeah, he has the power, and uh, yeah, well, Batman, he, he he's still tripping, dude. He's still tripping. Now, while all that's going on, wait, what about Clown Hunter? Well, we, we just, it's a short glimpse, and it's really just a dude named Clown Hunter with a bloody weapon, and that weapon is a, uh, well, a wooden, I don't know, table leg, a stick, but it's got like a batarang through it. So it's like a battle axe, but it doesn't really do a whole lot of chopping as much as it does stabbing. And it's badass, and he kills, and he stabs, and it's, whew, he seems a little depressed, too. Seems a little depressed. 
Um, yeah, man. Fucking Batman was good shit this week. James Tiny in the fourth, you are impressing me greatly. I know a lot of people are a little like, oh, fucking Joker and tired of it and do something new. Hey, I haven't seen this one yet. Haven't seen this one yet, guys. This is good stuff. Carrying on from uh, Tom Taylor and Trevor Harrison with Gigi Baldassini and Rain Barreto, we have Deceased Dead Planet number two. Now, if you're new to the podcast, then you probably don't know how I feel about Deceased. Uh, well, I love it. I love it so much. I think it's my favorite thing that I'm reading in comics right now. So, yeah. Here we go. Uh, it's really the introduction of the Shadow Pact. The Shadow Pact is uh, more or less the the Justice League Dark with some additions, but it's not. Uh, it's Zatanna, Constantine, Detective Chimp, Red Hood, Ragman, Blue Devil, and Ravager. So yeah, it's it's Justice League Dark with some subtractions and some additions. So they're doing their little thingy thing, trying to. St- Stay alive, and Swamp Thing shows up, and Swamp Thing tells Constantine, "Look, I need you." You know the the the, the gardens. Constantine's like, "Yeah, I know all about the gardens, man. You know, poison ivy garden and blah blah blah." Well, these gardens are essentially sanctuary. They've they've tended to be able to uh, to to really be a safe haven for any survivors. You know, poison ivy has a garden. There's another garden somewhere. I forget. But Swamp Thing's like, yeah, no, I've, I've, I got this garden that I'm sensing out in Australia, and um, it doesn't sound good. I think we need to get there and help it. And Constantine says, well, Australia was dangerous before the fucking <laughs> uh, anti-life equation. So, mm, don't think so. But he convinces him, and, you know, the, 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 the shadow pack carry on. But not for long, because this is deceased. (laughs) You think they're going to go an issue without killing people? Some motherfuckers die, that's for sure. But we do get a glimpse over into uh, um, Poison Ivy's garden, and Dinah shows up, and she's a lantern now, and she's got a corpse. uh, And, you know, fucking Cyborg's talking head. Because, you know, he's essentially the one that was the catalyst for the, the anti-life equation. And Poison Ivy says, be gone with that shit. We've worked so hard for the last six years to make this a safe haven. You're just going to bring one of those motherfuckers in here? And uh, she's like, well, fine, we'll leave, we'll leave. But then Cyborg and his uh, head, like, well, no, 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 there's a cure to all this. And that... You know, you think everybody would be overjoyed, but where everybody's mind goes is like, wait, there's been a cure and we just killed all these people that we love? There was a cure the whole time and we just killed these motherfuckers? Not cool, bro. Not cool. So, yeah, yeah, heavy shit. (laughs) Fucking heavy shit. Shadow pack, dude. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's a good thing this shit's not canon, otherwise DC would have no fucking heroes left. Deceased. Not uh, if you get uh, read all of it, read all of it. I still have to read the digital only stuff. I hope they print that, but I don't really want to do that. I don't want to read it digitally because I have to. I want to read it digitally because I can. But ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, nothing against the creators on that. That's all DC bullshit. Uh, I guess that kind of does it for my DC overviews this week. You'll notice my overview list isn't ultra heavy. Um, we got a few Marvel books to talk about. We've got Fantastic Four, number 22, or 667 if you're legacy counting. This is an Empire tie-in. Um, it's Dan Slott and Paco Medina, along with Sean Azaki, uh, sorry, uh, Marcio Menez, and Jesus Arbuchov. Uh, yeah, no, the Fantastic Four, they're out dealing with the Gotati while they fuck shit up and plan on blowing up the world and universes and, you know, sacrifice a couple billion to save quintillions, I guess, is the situation here. But meanwhile, we're focused on Val and Franklin. Val and Franklin were tasked to protect, uh, Nicola and Joven, 
the the Cree and Skrull kids that were hell-bent on killing each other, and they're on Yancey Street, and they got some help, and, uh, well, you know, fucking Wolverine showed up and accidentally stabbed old Nicola in the last issue. Well, now, she's bleeding out, and the team's gotta split up to, to save her, because trouble's coming, and the trouble is this Dark Harvest, and Dark Harvest, they're this super group that, you know, part or all Kotati, and you know they're revealing this. Hey, we're we're we're, we're developing things, this Omni Wave projector, and we got the ability to do so now because your Cree, your yeah, your 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 uh, Cree boy Marvel, remember him? He's helping us with all that bullshit. So um, we're all gonna be all up in your head, and we're gonna be trolling, controlling you like a motherfucker, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. You're just gonna have to deal with it. Well, uh, Franklin and his brilliance, you know, remember how they, they uh, Val and Franklin, they were, when they called Spidey and Wolverine, they were just calling everybody, and, you know, they put out a call for four, because, you know, it's the Fantastic Four, they need a substitute Fantastic Four, well, only two of them showed up, and, well, the other two on the screen were Ghost Rider and Hulk, well, Ghost Rider and Hulk show up, and essentially scare the fuck out of um, the, 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 the Dark Harvest, to the point where, like, okay, now we're outmatched, like, we had a bunch of us, and, you know, we could have taken the little kid, and the little girl, and the blah, 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 but, well, in reality, they really couldn't have, because, in reality, Hulk and Ghost Rider never really show up, Franklin and his brilliance, he creates this illusion, and the, and, you know, and, and this hologram, it really, it, one of the, the big guys uh, from the Black Harvest, is that what it is? Dark Harvest, they uh, they get the shit knocked out of them, flying through a building. Well, really all that is, is according to Franklin, a very well-timed super punch, and there was enough for them to like just scare the shit out of them. And then they realize, okay, well, we gotta call Dad, we gotta, because everything is fucking up. Um, the Oh, by the way, they took... Uh, fucking Joe Venn while they're at it. So the Cree kid, yeah, that super important kid. Uh, they take him because they're gonna use him to get information and create this weapon. And uh, Nicola, she's bleeding out. And, well, yeah, they 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 have to tell their parents what they did, and they're expecting just like the biggest thrashing. Well, turns out. Daddy's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, no, we got kind of expected all this. You know, it's not a big deal. This is all just the beginning. They're like, well, we could have used more help. Only two people showed up. And he's like, what's the Fantastic Four? You have four. I'm like, no, it's Wolverine and Spider-Man. They're like, well, what about you two? And then Wolverine and Spidey get some Fantastic Four suits, and they're like, all right, let's go save Joven. And bam, that's where they're at there. Uh, the Fantastic Four has been delivering awesome on the Empire tie-ins. It really has been. I'm loving the shit out of Fantastic Four lately. Empire, it's actually got me back into reading Fantastic Four again. Empire. So who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? I've been taking a break for a bit. Um, well, shit. Let's, let's speak of Empire. Let's talk about that briefly for a second here. Normally, when I have an overview this short, I would just kind of save it for honorable mentions, but being that this is a massive Marvel event, um, I'm going to give you what I got out of this. Uh, overall, it was a, you know, I thought it was an awesome story. It's just, it, I can't really, it's hard for me to explain what was going on. Um, the big deal here, here, to catch you all up, it's essentially, it's all of the heroes trying to prevent the Kotati from planting this pyre, and this pyre will blow up our sun, and billions to save everybody else, because the Kotati are, yeah, dog shit. I guess the, yeah, I don't know, it's, 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 there's, there's, shit's going on, fuck. Uh, who, who's planting the bomb? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's the, the, the Kree and the Skrulls that are trying to plant the pyre now that I think about it. The Katati are still trying to wipe out all animals on Earth and the universe, and it's all a giant mess. It's all a giant mess. Um, you know, they're trying to talk some sense into Hulkling, because all of a sudden he's acting a little sketchy, and, you know, they bring Wiccan in there, and, you know, they, they reveal that they, were, they got married. So that's the thing, you know, uh, that, that, that was kind of a reveal, secret wedding, I guess. 
I don't know, man. Overall, I mean, I'm still digging the Empire run. I don't think this issue was as strong as the first few have been, but it's definitely still moving the story forward. So, yeah. Uh, just there, I just felt like there was a lot of extra. That's all. That's all. And uh, the last overview I have this week is old Deadpool. Deadpool number six, Kelly Thompson, Kevin Lebranda, and Chris Sotomayor. Uh, covered by Greg Land and Jesus Arbitroff. Arbitoof. Brutoof. Sorry, I can never say his name right. Um, well, <laughs> the the main plot in all this one is Deadpool. He's a little pissed off he didn't get invited to Krakoa. He thinks that, be, you know, he's a mutant by association. You know, we all refer to him as mutants. And by we all, I mean us on the other end of the fourth wall. Uh, on the other side of the fourth wall is what I mean to say. Uh... Yeah, it's, uh, he goes to Krakoa, and he makes these demands, and, you know, despite Rogue's recommendation, none of the other mutants are really having it. And, uh, and you know, even Emma Frost, she's like, you know, I, I kind of, I see where you're coming from, I agree. And he's like, well, good, if you agree, then I want a portal, so I can go back and forth from, um, former Long Island, which is now Monster Land, I guess, um, to Krakow whenever I want. I want to, uh, you know, I, uh, I want to be cancer-free. I heard you guys could kill that cancer shit. I got me some of that. Don't want it no more. And she's like, yeah, no, I, I get you. But no to all of that. We don't actually have a cure to cancer. You're a fucking firecracker, and you'll burn this place down in ten seconds, and we could never allow that. I'm sorry. Uh, peace? And, well, fucking <laughs> Deadpool's not having it. And icing on the cake, the little gloopy blobby buddy friend, monster friend, you know, he, like, swallows you up and teleports you, I guess. Uh, he decides he wants to stay, because I guess he's a mutant. And, yeah, fucking, now his ride back's not even coming. So Deadpool gets a little cranky and starts slicey-slicing things up, and, you know, we get... Wolverine and some some fucking mutants fighting Deadpool, and it's pretty cool. Uh, but and you know when it's all said and done, uh, I mean even Jeff the Land Shark gets a fucking a little bite and blow in there here and there. When it's all said and done, though, DP he's he's no longer really allowed the to, to be there, and he you know cordial and not really cordially just leaves on his own accord. We'll put it that way. And when he goes back to Staten Island, he starts this no mutant allowed type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And then he has a little talkie-poo with Elsa Bloodstone, and she reveals that she's dying. Deadpool's having a really bad day. Um, fucking A, man. <laughs> uh, I think Kelly Thompson's killing it with Deadpool. I do. Uh, you know, Deadpool's had some good writers recently. You know, he's been on a streak of good writers. Kelly Thompson, I think she's continuing that streak. Uh, I love me some Jeff the Land Shark. I love how they finally addressed Deadpool's mutant-isms and Hickman's Krakoan universe. I think that's, that's important to finally address. I, when I had Kelly Thompson on the podcast, I asked her, you know, and she said, we'll just have to see. Well, here we are. We saw. I dig it, man. I dig it. So those be the overviews, y'all. Those are the books that I have to kind of, you know, just fill you in. You know, important books. Maybe some you know, some stuff to kind of draw you in that you maybe weren't reading before. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I hope it was informative, though. Either way, uh, I'm going to take me a quick little break. I'm going to leave you with this, and I'll be right back to talk honorable mentions and wall books and what have you. So, uh, yeah, hang tight. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, Go ahead and like our page on Facebook, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, 
at 3FatNerdsPod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122Productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoyed the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds. Alright, back again for more comic book talk. Ah, what'd you think of that promo, huh? Yeah, a little three fad nerd action. Get you some of that, man. Those guys do it right. Let's talk honorable mentions. These are books, just because I didn't make the, the review doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean I didn't get it. I picked up a bunch of books last week, guys, and... I mean, maybe you weren't familiar with them. Um, I don't have a lot to say about a lot of these, but yeah, these are books that still still need to be mentioned. Justice League 50 never, er, never, uh, finally, what am I saying? Finally came out? It's already at 50 fucking issues. Justice League number 50 came out. Uh, I did not get around to reading it, because I'm a little behind on Justice League. Um, Legends of the Dark Knights, yes, I read it. It's got five little mini-stories in it. That's why I didn't do the overview. It explains the Robin King. Um, the Robin King is a version of little Bruce Wayne that kills his own parents, and he's a psycho. It's fucking nuts. Um, Batman, the adventures continue. I. It's on my pull list, but I haven't gotten around to reading it. I think it's going to be a seven-part series, six-parter, seven-parter. Strange Adventures number four. This is a 12-parter that I'm going to read in bulk, or maybe I'll do a 6-6 type of thing. We'll see. Lords of Empire Celestial Messiah number one. Um, I do have uh, every um, intention on going through and rereading this. This is Alex Pacnadel's premier Marvel book. Um... I want to know what this Celestial Messiah is all about. Oh, what's his name? I forgot his name. But, yeah, no, I'm going to... I'll get to it. I just was short on time. The Empire Handbook came out. Um, I don't... I'll read it. I should probably open it up and just see what the fuck it's about. Marvel Action Avengers number 11. Um, honestly, the only reason I picked it up is because I was anticipating maybe a first appearance, a first full appearance of a Yellow Hulk. I don't know. And on that note, I got the second print of Marvel Action Avengers number 10, which is the cameo appearance of Yellow Hulk for the first time. Don't know anything about the dude, but yeah. Um, more from Marvel, Star Wars number 5. This I'm just collecting Star Wars at this point. I'm not really reading it. I only read the Vader stuff for the most part. Uh, it's just, I, I want to have a full run of Star Wars in my shit. Uh, Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme number 6. You know, I'm a little behind on Doctor Strange, but I'm sure when this arc's over, I'll jump right back on it. Not that Mark Wade and Kev Walker are doing a bad job by any means. It's just... Yeah, Doctor Strange isn't always a priority character for me, that's all. But I do like having full runs. Um, some indie action, we've got Firepower number one. This is new from Robert Kirkman. Um, dude knows fireballs. Uh, I'm probably not going to go any further on this series, but it's a Robert Kirkman book, so I'm sure it's going to be optioned already. I don't know. Uh, it just wasn't for me, that's all. It doesn't mean it's not... I would never... Like I guess I have to give this disclaimer. It took me long enough. Uh, I would never not recommend a book to someone. Um, just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, I have a very specific taste. That's all. Uh, Goddamn Virgin Brides, number two. This is a Jason Aaron thing. Yeah, totally. Um, Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man, number 20. Uh, it's in the style of Dr. Seuss, and it's... Easily my favorite Ice Cream Man issue so far. Just saying. Uh, King of Nowhere, number four. This is one I'm going to have to read um, in arcs. Because it's just, there's a lot going on. And I don't really know what's going on. But I know it's cool. Undiscovered Country, number seven. This is a series that I'm admittedly behind on. That I don't want to be behind on. So I got some catching up to do. Uh, Finger Guns, number four. I just still need to track down issue number one, but it sounds like a really cool series, so I want to have it in my collection. 
and oh yeah, uh, Metal Shark Bro number one, um, Assault on Hamzig Island, this is volume two, this is the second arc of Metal Shark Bro, if you're new to this podcast, you know I'd cover everything Metal Shark Bro, I just had Bob and Kevin on the show, I just did a trade negotiation of the entire um, trade of Metal Shark Bro, which is only available to Kickstarters, so yeah. Uh, Metal Shark Bro, man. I, I'm, I, I didn't overview it because I did a full ne- trade negotiation on it. And that does it for my over or my, my honorable mentions. I gotta talk about the pretty books now. What I like to call the wall books. The stuff I buy strictly for cover appeal. Um, I've been collecting the Empire uh, um, action figure variants, so I picked up Empire 4 on that, it's got Thor and Franklin Richards on it, I picked up the uh, Batman 96 1 in 25 first Clown Hunter Jorge Jimenez variant, uh, amazing, it's so fucking badass, and I love it even more, I, you know, I wasn't really good, what's with the nines, hmm. uh, he's got nines on his knees, I, I I probably wouldn't have been as stoked on this cover, and uh, I wasn't as stoked on this cover until after I read the issue, and I'm like, oh, this fucking cover's dope. I love having this character. Um, Francesco Mattina. He did the deceased Dead Planet variant, or at least one of them. This one's got Superman on it. Superman's not usually my dude, but I do get everything Francesco Mattina that I can get my hands on. And on that note, Batman 96, uh, fucking sweet Catwoman cover. Probably one of my favorite Matina covers in a while. So, yeah, man. Uh, Beautiful wall books, a thick stack of awesomeness to read this week, guys. Yep, it's been an incredible week for comics. It's been a bummer week in the news. But as far as what we got to read, good shit, guys. Good shit. Um, I have to remind you to go check out Malik Reigning Devil, number one, from Jeffrey Haas, Juan Manuel, Almiron, Phoebe A. Xavier, Chris McCauley, and Edwin Rathomio. Um, it's, it's neato, guys. You do that by going to IndiePlanet.com and putting in Malik Reigning Devil. That's IndiePlanet.com. Um... Also, after you do that, you go to iTunes and you leave the Cheers to Comics podcast a five-star review because that's how you feel, right? Super, super important, guys. I know it seems uh, like it's not worth the time, and I get it. Your time is very valuable, but you have no idea how how much it propels the show and the rankings by just a five-star review. Um, also check out Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics, donate as little as a buck or as much as you want, but cool tiers to choose from. And I really do plan on vamping that shit up soon, uh, getting it all real shiny and slick like again. Uh, so yeah, show me you want it. Become a patron. Um, you slurds, it's been a fun week. Like I said, don't get bummed. Don't get too bummed on the news. Uh, we'll figure this out. We'll figure this out. Uh, you slurds, make sure you stay safe. Uh, read responsibly, as always. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast.